These are the mysteries lurking in small towns. These are the kids that search for the truth. These are the outsiders with unusual powers. These are Fortunes Untold. Welcome back to Fortunes Untold. I'm Davery. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chad. And this is our second week running Kids on Bikes by Renegade Games. So before we, we kick into the action and you guys wander off into the woods by yourselves where nothing bad has ever happened to a child. Of course not. Yeah, uh, I'm going to ask, uh, out of character, what are you thinking of the game? I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I was like the the more narrative-driven games. I mm-hmm. find that they flow a bit better. They Genuinely, I think they're a bit more fun. Also, it also depends who you're playing with. We we're a color, we're a colorful crew, so we've got a, a mind for the imagination. I think it's a bit more fun. Thus far, it looks like it does what it sets out to do pretty well. You know, imitating those you know '80s esque kids adventure movies, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I generally that's what I've seen of it thus far. I like it. It's probably just for my personal taste, maybe slightly too rules light. I kind of like a medium crunch, mm-hmm. and this is a little on the low side. I'm enjoying it, but uh, I think particularly maybe if I were GMing it, it might it might bug me a little bit. Just I, I, I usually like a little bit more framework. I can absolutely understand that because the book itself, the, the full book is like 75 pages. Mm-hmm. It's very small, very lightweight. And uh, like I say, I mean, there's there's six attributes. You just roll them. There's not a lot going on here. Yeah. And and like Andrew's saying, it's, it's really built to just be uh, narrative. And yeah, just the you're you're telling this one story. You're not going to tell Lord of the Rings in the kids <laughs> on bikes. Like, it ain't happening. Now I, I'm kind of tempted to try that just to see <laughs> Lord of the Rings kids on bike style. <laughs> Hobbits on eagles. <laughs> there you go. I am ruled to be a man. I am no man. Yeah, and, and that's and it's a personal preference thing. I think it's like I said, it's enjoyable, and it's probably one of those things that if if it clicks with you, it really, really clicks with you. Right. It's my kind of thing. I like the. I'm. I'm more narrative driven. I guess I'm a little bit less crunchy. I, I like. It, I like I said. I kind of like medium crunch. So I sort of like a mix of both. Yeah. Particularly as a GM, it's nice to not have to scramble to in some situations to come up with a ruling. Yeah. Particularly if there's a lot going on, and and for and and in my experience, for certain genres. Having a little bit more of the the crunch helps with the feel. Like it's hard, in my opinion, to do like a straight up sort of uh, say post apocalyptic survival is a little harder to pull off in a heavily narrative game. Right. I mean, it's not impossible by any stretch. You know, don't send me hate mail or anything. But in my experience, it's slightly more difficult to do without a little bit of solid backing on handling certain things. Right. And I kind of wonder if this game doesn't didn't make the conscious choice to be rules light so that because like they say in the game, combat's lethal. Mm-hmm. Like anytime you get into a fight, one bad roll and you can die. Yeah. And so I think they really do that because they don't want your characters to fight. Like, you know, the Goonies didn't get into a gunfight with the Fratellis. They just <laughs> ran away. So I wonder if the, it's, it's actively rules light to prevent players from thinking, well, my character has five hit points, so I could take another couple of shots. And that would make a certain amount of sense because, yeah, in, in genre, it doesn't really make sense for there to be a lot of combat. Like you said, the Goonies did not get into a gun battle you know, in the, in the old restaurant before going down in the caves. It just right. didn't happen. And, yeah, and that makes sense, particularly – given that most players are probably coming in a lot of cases from a more combat heavy system, it kind of pushes back on that. So I can see that. Yeah. Which now I will say there have been a couple of points where as a GM, 
I could have stood a little more more crunch because yeah. at, we're like I said we're reviewing Strange Adventures their their setting and and adventure guide uh, their first expansion and it lists a bunch of adventure settings and things like that. Like I've picked the one Sharon hollow from the Mm -hmm. book. And I think it does a great job of being really evocative and giving you cool NPCs and weird mysteries and, and really letting you like the, the city feels fully fleshed out in just a few pages. But by the same token, their adventure hooks are really lean and I could have stood a, a little stronger bit, like not from the Sharon Hollow one because I ain't telling you guys what's in <laughs> <Aww>. that. <laughs> but in one of the other adventures, literally word for word, an entire adventure hook is the cops are checking the boxcars of the train you're on. How do you manage to avoid arrest? That's an intro scene. That's not an adventure hook. Right, exactly. I'm like, that doesn't tell me how to do a single thing adventure-wise. Yeah, that, that's, that's hard. I mean, unless you already have a concept and you're looking on... How do I start off the game? Yeah, that's not a hook. That's that's a, that's a scene. And if you're going for sort of a okay, now the players tell me why they're running for the cops thing, I, I guess. But from a planning perspective, yeah, that's really lean. Yeah. I also find that a little bit awkward because I'm not going to tell you guys how I go into this country. I'm only <laughs> kidding, by the way. Uh, like, do, do call DNS. I am actually did, here legally. I have a green card and everything. Did Did you shovel coal in a tramp steamer? I, I, I did. That's how, that's how we got across. The, like I came in by boat. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were Scottish, not Irish. <laughs> so we uh, we we both we, one learns from the other. We go. <laughs> I came over the on a tramp steamer as my forefathers did. <laughs> I Wait. had the option of coming in by a different boat, but I chose. I had to be. Historical. You felt you had to be thematically appropriate. Yes. Got it. Yeah, like I said, overall, I like the game. It seems like it's solid on what it does. But it again, it is definitely on the rules light side. Yeah, and I think probably like much like well, I'm really gonna lean into Stranger Things on this one. I think if you're gonna make an ongoing story with this, you would have to do just like they do. You'd have to make seasons of a TV mm-hmm. show. You'd have to tell one full story, leave it alone for a while, and then pick back up with the characters later and tell season two and season three. It's see more episodes and arcs than campaigns. Right. See what I would see is you'd probably have to pull heavily from another area. Like they would give you the the bits and pieces. Like if you were gonna do something based around Stranger Things, you could do you could take the Stranger Things story and play like B characters in it mm-hmm. using this. Like I see this as more of a mechanic where you would have to pull from other, maybe a lot more full filled out worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like using this to, to play stranger re- things. Oh, okay. Like literally just like that. Like, yeah. Like that, that because they don't give you an, they'll say, Hey, you're getting checked on the train, but you'd be like, okay, it's this train and the Stranger Things universe. You know, like this is okay. why they're checking this. Like it's or they're moving us through Montauk with the uh, mm-hmm. with yeah. Eleven and the other kids. Okay, I see. Or you're imitating, like, well, weirdly enough, like some of the old uh, children's books, like Boxcar Children. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. some of the old, like, or Nancy Drew, or or the Bobsy Twins, or some right. of those sort of uh, books that kind of resulted in that in that movie genre as well some of that sort of like the kids mystery adventure books and so that sort of you thing. know another thing i just thought of that as we were sitting here talking because i was mentioning seasons you know what would might really work well for this and now i kind of want to run it buffy because you think about it, you'd play the scoobies you'd get the <laughs> slayer as your powered character oh yeah and then like yeah you would just each season would be you're fighting Angelus, you're fighting Spike, you're fighting the mayor, you're doing that. And so, <laughs> Maybe that's how they made Buffy. <laughs> and and you have rules for teens. So we're on to you, Josh Whedon. That's we right. know how you did it. Fair enough. Yeah, that's uh 
Buffy was just a failed pitch for a setting book for camp for kids on bikes. <laughs> yeah. That, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see a lot of pop culture stuff you could draw from. But yeah, from a GM's perspective, I feel like there should be a little more investment in those adventure hooks. Yeah, definitely. That I would have liked that. <laughs> but all right. Well, and, unless y'all want to say anything else specific about the game, let's let's dive into it. No, nope, I think we're good. Let's well, go. Fire away. All right. All right. So you said you guys are going to be heading out to the fort. Yep. As I recall, uh, my little brother here was pedaling furiously to to head off because uh, so, he didn't want to go home. Got to well, go check out the weird lights in the forest. It's it's because of the mystery. We're trying to find out who drew those coming soon on the wall. Yeah, I'm um, sure that's to a your theater reason. near you. Um, but the, yeah, we're I'm, that's the real reason. That's the whole reason that I'm trying to unclo- cover this mystery. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm nothing saying, to do with, with crazy lights in the sky. So I'm saying it's probably about like three in the afternoon-ish or so. Yeah. So. There's not going to be any crazy lights out right now. No. But he is right. There might be some kids there that maybe have uh, have some information on if it wasn't the Matheson twins, who was it? All right. So that's your objective is to go there, see if there are any kids around, and see if they have seen anything about the crazy red lights. Um, the red lights or the writing on the wall. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I don't have a solid way of determining that. So let's let's look through about maybe some skills or something just to randomly. Let's see what random chance is in this game. Okay. <laughs> Since we don't have like fate points or anything like that. Um, I'm going to say this is a planned action. Okay. All right. And I'm going to say this is maybe, man, what is the fickle finger of fate here? Let's say, what do you think? Charm or brains? I've got, I go with brains. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Chad? I'm all very charming. <laughs> uh, you know, that that's kind of a, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to argue grit. Because <laughs> that's my <laughs> highest stat. But uh, to be fair, it's probably, since we're considering it social, potentially, because we're looking to talk yeah. to people information. Just for that purpose, I would call it charm. charm. Okay, so it is a uh, so yeah. Let's say it's a charm action. Okay, and anything you've got that you can explain to to use a relevant, like if you've got a particular strength. What is it? A strength is what they're called. The yeah. If you've got a particular strength, or if you've got like an adversity token, or if you want to use a, a combo action because it's a plan. Anything that that you want to do like that to, to help you out. Well, I've got prepared, but that's only for using a commonplace item. Um, I don't really know what else I can use there. Uh, I mean, there may be nothing. I'm just—I yeah. was just giving you the option of if you can think of something, feel free. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I guess um, I'm rolling charm to see uh, what I can do. Um, all right, so we'll need to set a—we'll uh, need to set a difficulty here. Um, let's say it is. I'm going to say it's somewhere between a 10 to a 12 because that—that that range says that it's a task where success is impressive, but is expected for a character who is skilled at. So I'm rolling a d6. Well, it will explode. So okay, it, uh, or you should have let me do it because I've got a d10. <laughs> well, you can ask the questions, or you can work together. But this is the random random chance. So right. rather than us uh, actually so is asking it questions, random chance of us actually meeting people, or is it random chance of who we talk to while we go through there? Little column A, little column B. Because I, I don't know how to determine whether or not there are kids hanging out at a treehouse in the woods. And so, at any given moment. <laughs> right. So I'm just like, you know what? We'll just say, yeah, you ran, rolled this, and then that will start the scene. Okay. And then that will determine. Then the scene will kind of indicate if this kid does know anything, is willing to tell you anything, does anything like that. All right. 
Um, see, for that, I would argue my brains because I've been taking, I've been taking down evidence, listening to what they've seen, like kind of analyzing the situation as I go on. And if that's the tactic you want to take, if there are kids there, then yeah, that that makes total sense. What like you would? Why don't I say Chad would lead, and then I would like listen to what they're saying and write it down. Like uh, if you if we get into the conversation, sure. Piece. That well, let's roll this and find out if you're going to. So I'm okay. gonna, I'm just going to go call it straight down the middle. We're going to say it's a target number of eleven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am like. Hey. Uh, let's see. Oh, six. All right. So roll another uh, d6, and if you get five or higher, then yeah. <laughs> let's hope. Ah, I got five. I'm hey, not kidding. Hey, eleven. Woo! Twelve. I think we're gonna have to check those dice for balance. I, uh, yeah, I don't think you're gonna be checking shit. Uh, <laughs> that's a suspicious number for you to roll, there, buddy. I'm just—it's the luck of this goatish, I guess. Uh, okay, so I am going to pull out a character from the Strange Adventures book. Oh, all right. So yeah, so you guys roll up to the fort, and uh, you can hear uh, tinny music blasting from probably a cheap boombox uh, in the. Uh, from one of the broken windows in the in the fort, uh, like like we said last week, it is a large building, probably a good like thousand two thousand square feet. It's a huge place. It's really the size of a house that some wealthy auto exec built for his children a long time back. But when the economy collapsed, they they abandoned it. So it got abandoned before even their house did. So it's now a place that all of the local kids kind of poach. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually it will just collapse and probably some kid will get hurt, but not today. Or it'll accidentally get set on fire. Yes. Or, yeah. This will end in tragedy somehow, but not today. Okay. <laughs> that depends on if we have anything to say about it. Well, I was about to say, a can of gas and you can do that. <laughs> I'm going to check my backpack for a can of gas. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you pull up and you hear some, uh, I don't know, uh, was it Soul Asylum or something there blasting from a, a tinny boom box. Hmm. So, uh, first, I guess... Knock on the door, the, like as like a, or the what do you call it? What do castles have? The, uh, <laughs> drawbridge. drawbridge. Knock on the drawbridge. Hear ye, hear ye. You know the fort's just a nickname, right? It's basically just a shack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an impressive treehouse, but it's not an actual. Fort. Yeah, but I mean, it's ultimately just like four walls hey, and a roof. I'm role playing here. <laughs> Your uh, character is role playing. Yeah, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I walk up to the door. Um, open the door and just walk on in um mikey's like he puts it pulls his coat on he's kind of getting all detective getting ready for his uh his um svu moments <sighs> jack just shakes his head pulls it uh, gets his, his his pad ready like moldering it like Something weird's going on here. I can feel. I can feel it in the wearing air. an oversized suit jacket and tie at this point. Give him <laughs> time. Just can't find can't find a tie that doesn't look like he's wearing a bib. <laughs> so yeah, so you throw open the door in your best Mulder impersonation, and uh, inside the the building is uh, a girl you recognize. Her name's Heather Underwood. Uh, Heather is uh, she's probably between your ages. So you said Mikey's about ten or twelve. Twelve. He's twelve. Uh, Jack's, Jack's about 17. So, yeah, she's probably about, like, 13 or 14. Yeah. And uh, she is, according to the book, she's a bit of a hoodlum and yeah. enjoys... Uh, uh, you guys know this because you know Heather somewhat. Like, you know her because she's a couple of grades below you. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she's a bit of a troublemaker. Like, your parents probably have told you, Mikey, don't hang out with that Underwood girl. She's no good. <laughs> Bad uh, influence. Yeah, she's wrong, wrong side of the tracks, even for a small, uh, depressed town. And... Uh, she she's been known to have uh, 
been talked to by the police a few times. Oh. And as you come in, in fact, she is uh, digging with a pocket knife in part of the sheetrock on one of the walls. She's starting to carve into one of the studs. Just like she's like carving her initials or something. She turns and looks at you. Hey, turns back, keeps carving. What you, what you working on there? She looks at you just like with a, a sneer. She's like, nothing. Turns back. Got a couple of questions for you, Heather. Jack's just leaning back against the doorway <laughs> and just he's gonna watch. She doesn't even look at you, she keeps working, she goes, Okay. Uh who's coming, Heather? Who's coming soon? <laughs> she turns and looks at you <laughs> with a hey, I can't believe you just asked me that question. <laughs> She's like, the hell are you talking about? <laughs> So I want to also preface the thing. Mikey's incredibly innocent. It oh yeah, he's cool. twelve. It, so it makes asking total who's sense. coming soon isn't some kind of provocative notion in his head. He's trying to. He's oh, literally yeah. trying to catch her off guard with the whole "I know what you've been drawing on walls" thing. So I get why Mikey made that mistake, <laughs> but it's a mistake. So uh, we know you've been to. What's the place called again? The Mitzi's Hardware. We know you've been to Mitzi's Hardware. I know you've been writing on walls. Who's coming, Heather? Who's coming soon? She turns and looks at Jack. Just looks at him. Jack just shakes his head. What Mikey means is... (laughs) Somebody vandalized one of the walls of Mitzi's by spray painting, They're coming soon. And he wants to know if you've heard anything about who might have done it. Oh. Yeah, I know. He's 12. Tell your little brother to watch his mouth or he'll get into a lot of trouble. And she's pointing at you with the knife when she says it. Put it down before you hurt yourself. He didn't mean anything by it. She turns back and keeps carving. She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't mess around with Mitzi's hardware. Why would I? I don't need a hammer. Nobody took anything, Heather. How would you know there's hammers in Mitzi's hardware if you hadn't been there, Heather? (laughs) 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 He's not... He's... He's... Yeah. He's leaning into the character maybe too much and not adding, like... Adding the intellect in there a bit more, but he's My, like, Mikey's got a strong bad cop vibe on him. <laughs> I, I respect that. Hey, it, uh, wor- it worked with the Matheson twins. <laughs> Why don't you give me some charm and an, an intimidator there, Columbo? <laughs> While he said that, Jack is actually going to go to uh, and look around the fort. He knows where there might have uh, maybe somebody stashed some uh, some cheap beer. He's thinking maybe he can uh, he can can buy her off and actually maybe she's actually heard something she's not going to tell Mikey. <laughs> so I rolled a one works. on charm. Uh, I would believe that. All right. So I am going to use the loner weirdo trope for Heather here. So Heather's going to resist with, uh, let's say her grit for, uh, for, for resisting Mikey's bad cop. Yeah. She, uh, she rolled a 16. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to say she's a teen. Cause, and so she's got another plus three to resist you. <laughs> so Heather just stomps all over you with that roll. Hopefully not literally. <laughs> no, but she's giving you a stink eye like you wouldn't believe. Okay. He's like, kid, I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of shows you've been watching, but you're not a cop. I don't have to talk to you. 
<laughs> so with that, he kind of just he plops down beside her. He just sits there and he goes, "I'm stumped, Heather." He goes, "I don't know. I don't know where to go." Um, there's been something's happened at Mitzi's Hardware, and we're just trying to find out who did it. I'm just trying to stop it. Mitzi's a nice lady. It's not. It's, <laughs> so if I had any luck finding beer while he's now trying the sympathy track, uh, <laughs> roll a brains check, and oh uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll say. Uh, See if you're going to roll because it's brains because it's basically a surge. Yeah, and uh, we're going to go again. That's seven to nine. I'll say a task where success is certain for characters who are very skilled at it, but not for those who aren't. Split down the middle. Call it an eight. Because I have a D eight. <laughs> hey, so you got a chance. <laughs> not much of a chance, but a no. chance. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you find a couple of empties, and you might find like what's probably like a half backwash of a mm. schnapps bottle, but nothing is just going to work for her. Yeah. So. so wait, when was the writing on the wall done? Was it last night? It was last night. Okay. Now that was this time. She mentioned specifically, it's been a few times. It's been a few times. This is what he's, this is what Mike is going to do. He tried the intimidate and realized he's not intimidating at all. He's squeaky and it, he looks like a rubber duck trying to intimidate someone. So I think he's going to try his brains this time. He's going to sit there and he'd just be like, let me just ask you some questions then. Are you okay to be asked some questions? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pry. I don't want to. I just want to find out what happened. You gonna keep acting like I'm the one who did it, even though I never. We've never talked. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. I may have come in a bit heavy-handed, and I'm sorry. What if? Where have you been? Were you around Mitzi's last night? Were you around? Um, I know that you. You're not. You're, you're probably out past when I go to bed. So when, where were you last night? Let's start with, let's start with the basic steps. Where were you last night in case you saw something? Something that could be helpful to me. Why are you keeping asking questions like I'm the one who did it? Why are you wanting to know where I'm at? Cause you why don't you ask me, do I know anyone who'd do it? Because you could have seen who did it. Well, then why don't you ask me that <laughs> instead? Could, did you see who did it? At this point, Jack is going to come back in. He's actually going to grab Mikey by the collar <laughs> and just yank him away from Heather. <laughs> so he's just like, just answer that one question, Heather. Just drag Heather. him away, and he's going to plop down next to her. All right. Heather, I'm sorry. You know how Mikey is. Yeah. He's, uh... He thinks he's Kojak or something. Mulder! <laughs> You're definitely not Mulder. Okay, Skelly. And he, th- you know, the adults like to talk, tell them to stay away from you, so he automatically thinks you're, you know, either you or the Mathesons did everything that happens in this stupid town. Adults are assholes. Why don't you talk to the Mathesons? They're the ones who break into places and steal stuff. <laughs> we he did. Pops, he pops his head out and he goes, oh, I talked to the Mathesons. And we had a little run-in with the Mathesons earlier. And Matt Jack just grins. She kind of laughs. All right. All right. But seriously, I don't think you did it not really your style if you heard anything from some of the other kids maybe they heard anything about it anybody that's run, been running around other than the Mathesons huffing paint or yeah. anything you seen anything weird out in the woods somebody maybe ditching ditching paint cans or something Mitzi's just upset it keeps happening you know she's alright for for an adult anyway all right, why don't you uh, why don't you roll a charm roll for this now I'm gonna go ahead and give you an arbitrary let's say plus two bonus because you're not doing Mikey's bad cop, <laughs> yeah. and so she's a little more at ease. <laughs> and you're a 17 year old boy. Yeah, so, you know. All right. And so I will roll her grit. 
Uh, so with the plus two, you said? Yes. That's an 11. Wow. Well, she got a nine. <laughs> so... Yeah, he's gonna she, he's gonna kind of wink at her, you know. She warms up a little bit more. All right, she's like, no, honestly, I wasn't even in town last night. I don't know what's going on. None of us would break into Mitzi's place. Like I said, why? There's there's nothing there I want, and you're just gonna get caught. Yeah, I know. I mean, if it's I'm not gonna, like they store liquor or anything in there. Yeah, if I'm gonna break into anything, I'm gonna break into the old uh, hairdressers because at least you can smoke in there because nobody's there anymore. Fair enough. I wish I had a drink right now. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. He's take Mikey like reaches over and drops the bag of names. He's my help. <laughs> and he, I, I, Mikey wants to. While while you're doing this, he's like he dropped those off, and then he's like, I'm going wandering. So he like wanders off, and he's just kind of looking around, like using his trying to like take in all the information, see if he can find anything that's kind of out of place for the fort. I mean, because he's been up there, he's played before, but like. There's some, but he's looking for maybe the charcoal that might, might have been left, like anything that would be going on. Like while he's doing that, actually, I had a thought. He's a, so that weird uh, seltzer Meltzer kid, whatever his name is, Philip. Uh, you know the kid I'm talking about. I'm gonna see if she does. I'm gonna say uh, odd. She knows him, even she doesn't. Uh, even she doesn't. She's like, I don't know that kid. He's some kid, Mikey's grade. He was babber- babbling on about there being some weird noises or red lights or something out here near the fort. Mikey's going to drag me all over the woods uh, trying to figure this out. Have you seen anything so I can maybe head him off? And I'm, I'm doing, he's saying that he leans in and says this while Mikey's rummaging around <laughs> elsewhere. She's like, uh, all I can think of is, I don't know, teens from kids from Cooperstown coming over here to drink in the woods. And you do know, like, that happens. Cooperstown is the town one over. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, yeah, like, a lot of kids who actually have cars will drive over and park in the woods and yeah, hang out. Damn it. I'm going to be walking around these stupid woods the rest of the day. Sorry. Yeah. Well, thanks, Heather. Mikey. So what was, um, what would I roll to be able to find something? Because I'm using my brains. Like you said before, it would be a range roll to just look around. I'm just looking around for random bits of evidence. Yeah, I'm going to say a search is going to be a brain. (laughs) Or random bits of what you think are evidence. Yeah, what I think are evidence. Like he's taking stuff in, writing down notes. Um, I rolled a 14 on my D20. Well, uh, you know, honestly, I had considered the difficulty was going to be 13 to 16 because it's a task where success is extraordinary, but decidedly possible for characters who are truly skilled at it. Yeah. Because, just to, to peek behind screen, I wasn't really going to have there be anything here, but I was going to give you the option, and if you had succeeded, I was like, all right, well, I'll make something up, and yeah, there will be something here. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I was going to do a 14 or 15, so let's say 14, and yeah, you actually do manage to find something. So, yeah, so since you made the target number, we're going to just assume that you do. You succeeded in finding something, so let's make up something that you found. Here's my suggestion, and, and the two of you can can make any sort of... Uh, in Kids on Bikes, there's a lot more willingness to have the players take control of scenes. So if you guys at any point ever come up with an idea, uh, just feel free to shout it out, and I'll kind of help kind of uh, adjudicate that. But here's my pitch. You tell me if you don't want to find this, you want to find something else. It's the fort. It's a place where all the kids go when they want to get away from the adults and they want to do dangerous things like play with knives unsupervised. <laughs> I think what you find are a pair of M80s. 
No, the good ones too. The fi- the, they're fireworks, right? The, the finger the, removers. Yeah, oh. they're they're like it, at least in. I, I have no idea if this is true or not, but of course, when I was a kid in the '90s, it's like you know an M80 is as strong as a quarter stick of dynamite. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. When you start talking about that, I'm like, I hope to God he says fireworks. Like, <laughs> I was literally my mind was going. Fireworks, 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 yeah. fireworks. At first I was gonna say you find some Roman candles and I was like, nah man, we're going all we're going all out here. You find the good old blow up a toilet like in the eighties. Mikey's gonna put these in his backpack. He is not going to tell Jack that he found these. Like he's literally gonna be like <gasps> he can he looks down, finds them, eyes go big, grabs hold of them, shoves them in his backpack, he shoves them in his, his pocket in his jacket, and slowly maneuvers them to his backpack. While, Jack, while Jack's talking to this girl, and he's like, okay, we need to go. <laughs> Nothing here! <laughs> well, just as an aside, I don't know, uh, I don't specifically know, but apparently M80s are originally made by the U.S. military to simulate explosives or artillery <laughs> fire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and later manufactured as fireworks. So, uh, before, of course, being more strictly controlled for their power. So, I don't know about that being, being that powerful, but... Uh, I wouldn't hold on to one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you say, there's the good old thumb removers. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you find two of them. Two of them. Feel yep. free to put them in your backpack, man, uh, on your character sheet. He, well, okay, actually, I'm going to write that down. The, que- the, the crucial question is, does your older brother see you get them? <laughs> All right, so let's do an opposed role. So this is a... Uh, I'm not going to say this is a uh, planned check because you find them and you are startled and you do this quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do a, let me look at the character I, sheet. I may not be may, paying the most attention, but the real question is, do I happen to notice? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, let's, I don't know what this, uh, this, she's, you have a couple of options. You have brains. Yeah. Which I know that's what you're going to default yeah. to. But <laughs> being honest, there's also flight. That's what I was thinking. It's I know brains is going to be, but he's not using his brains to do this. This is instinct, and it's oh crap! I shouldn't in, have he's this. in shock. Like, yeah, you don't like shouldn't have M80s. He shouldn't especially have M80s because he's twelve. Yeah. <laughs> so finding these, he knows what they are because he's seen people with them. He knows how powerful he's probably been told by his parents, "Do not touch these." Um, and he's probably he's probably maybe seen you with them once upon a time. I don't know or, what you're talking about? <laughs> like, like, so I would say. Flight. It'd be a roll off or flight. Yeah, you're gonna scramble around to try and shove them in your bag before I notice. Yep. Right. So, and it says flight is. It, it determines that how fast the character is and how skilled they are at evading their problems. Yep. Your problem is your big brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, so would I be using probably brains to spot him? That's what I'm as thinking. Perception. Yeah. Thing. All right. So it's gonna be you, uh, Mikey rolls his flight, and then uh, Jack rolls his brains. <laughs> All right. Well, lucky for you, I'm, my brains are not that high. So, oh. What did you roll? I rolled an eight. I rolled a four. Oh. <laughs> so. Mikey! What do you have? Something. Nothing. Mikey. Maybe. What is it? You, you can't take them away from... I found these. These are mine. Mikey. It, it, like, so he, at this point, at, he goes stomping over there. He looks over at his big brother, and he's got them in his hands, but he's like... You know when he's grasping them, like... <laughs> like, like, he, like, on for dear life, like holding on to these things. I, I have expected you were gonna do. What do you got in your hands? Nothing. He's got a hand behind his back. <laughs> oh, can I do a sleight of hand trick? Can I use my brains to do something else? So he's not got both of them in his hands. He pulls out one, just one of them. Yeah. Can I roll That's brains for that? Um, mm, let's see. Charm? Do we, do we think charm? Charm, charm might work. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And uh, again, same thing. We're gonna say it's your brains to realize he's got yeah. something up. 
That was the face of a man who didn't necessarily roll very well, Andrew. No, I saw that. That was a three. I rolled a four. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Barely. Barely. I got so a four. So close. Mikey is just not crafty enough. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I know, Mikey, Mike, I know you're lying. Mikey's very straightforward. So Mikey hands you one, and he's kind of like he's got that kind of the the shitting grin. Like, you know, Look, here, here I know you I'm go. getting away from something. Give me all of them. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna assume that these are combat uh, roles because I mean it's not physical, but it yeah. is like a yeah. social combat. So with the first one, Chad, you you got an eight, and uh, Andrew, you got a four. Yeah. Okay, so that says the attacker's roll is greater by four to six. The attacker explains their attack. Uh, in this case, it's how you're hiding it. So like you were saying, you got, and then, uh, and the defender explains how they respond. Uh, the attacker explains how he barely mitigates the harm. So we're going to say that actually, conveniently, this kind of worked well. You yeah. tried to hide one behind your, your back and give him just the one that led to the second roll. The attacker's roll is uh, greater by one to three. Yep. And, uh, so in this case, let me flip back to that page. The attacker explains how they attack, and the defender narrates what they do to mitigate the harm. So you you lost. He still knows. But you if you want to try and get away with something unrelated to keeping the M80s away from him, which if you don't, that's fine. But if you want to try and get away with something maybe else. then, yeah, something else, you might be able to do that. So he's going to get the M80s off me. Right. He totally notices you have two hands Full of something you shouldn't. <laughs> okay, I don't like. Um, and there may be nothing, but that's just that's the rule. He's gonna turn so. to you and be like, "Okay, I understand these are dangerous. You hang on to them though, because they're they're useful. This is we may need them to surprise someone. Just come on, I don't want you to blow your fingers as, off. As long as you keep them, don't get rid of them. They're they're just useful. give me the fireworks. So he like he hands over the them, but he's like. Put them in your backpack. Put them in your backpack now. <laughs> and, and Jack does. He sticks them in his backpack. Because yeah, he's not getting rid of those. Are you insane? <laughs> if nothing else, you can trade them to other kids for stuff. That's right. <laughs> Do you know what the Matheson twins would give you for a pair of working M80s? Exactly. I mean, you know. So that's going on my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point is, I'm guessing you said it was about three when we were headed over here. Is that right. Right. So at this point, it's probably, what, 4 going on later? I'd say 4.30, maybe even 5-ish, but yeah. So I, th I think Jack is going to notice. I mean, you know, obviously, it's still light. This is summer. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. But you got a good, like, four hours. Yeah. Mikey, let's go back to town. It's time to go go get some dinner. There's nothing out here. We should check on Mom, see if she's got any spare, a spare pie going. <laughs> then Jack's like, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea, but he's not going to admit that. <laughs> I do like pie, you little son of a gun. Yeah, pretty much. So he's uh, very much doing teacher. Well, fine, I guess. <laughs> but uh, secretly, he's thinking, "Yeah, pie and a cheeseburger. That's a, that sounds really good." <laughs> All right, so you're going to hoof it to uh, yeah, we're going to the diner. I think. All right. So, so, so yeah, you guys can can pedal over to Gus's pretty easily, and it's we'll say it's about five thirty. All right. And, uh, so moderately busy, or are we? I mean, well, for this place, obviously. For this place, because there's not a lot of there, there's not a lot of money to be had. Yeah. So there, it's enough that they need a waitress, but it's not slammed. I'd say you maybe got like, uh, let's say the library, town librarian and her uh, her boyfriend are <laughs> are in there and they're eating, and maybe Officer Wilson is like sitting at the tech counter drinking a cup of coffee, having a donut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, or having pie. 
Oh, yeah, of course. Maybe yeah. the diner's famous for their pie. Yeah, if you roll badly enough, maybe he ate the last slice of pie. Oh. Ooh. That's really, just cruel. I really want some pie. Like, this is Andrew's pie. <laughs> like, I kind of want pie now. We kind of maybe need to pause this, go get some pie and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> had I known, I would have I would have had, had pie here in the house, but yeah. I did not. So, <laughs> Okay, so Mikey walks through the door and he's doing a little jaunt. Jumps up on the bar seat beside the police officer. Bell you jangles go- as you come in. Mm-hmm. Evening, officer. How's the pie tonight? It's great. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Um, checking out on the the. I picture your character is calling it the the Mitzi's Hardware Case, yeah, or something. You know, the, 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 the like got a case at the moment, trying to figure out who's been uh, vandalizing Mitzi's Hardware. Oh, okay, yeah, we've we've uh, we've been told about that. We made a report, mm-hmm. so. Jack has gone up to meet his mother and reluctantly give her, even the teenage reluctant hug and kiss, you know. (sighs) Yeah, officer looks at you and goes, got any leads on the case? Kind of laughing to himself. It's kind of, it's kind of gone cold. I'll admit, like, we're kind of stumped at this moment. We checked with a few of the kids, had a conversation with those Matheson boys. You know how they can be trouble. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know, I don't know what to do now. Like, it's kind of hit a dead end. Well, uh, what I would suggest you do is maybe uh, look at your look at your notes and uh, review. See if you can think of anything you maybe missed. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so at this point, I think Jack is, like I said, talked to his mother. He's he's, he's and then comes and plops down next to uh, to Mikey. Mikey, leave it. Leave Officer Wilson alone. We'll have, there'll be some food out here in a second. Yeah, your mom checks on you. Is everything going okay? How's Mikey? Are you guys okay? Not yeah, getting into any trouble. He's fine. <laughs> and just kind of does the eye roll, you know, dragging me all over town. All right, well, keep an eye on him. I, I've, there's, you know, there's, there's been some, uh, there's been some animal attacks that uh, the officer was telling me about. So I just be careful. Like, there's probably coyotes. They got into, they got into someone's chicken coop and killed all their chickens. All right, well, we're probably going to go home after this anyway. All right. So, I guess Mikey's looking through his notes. He's like, he's sitting down. He orders the, the burgers and the, the, the fries. Um, I think our mom would get a discount working there. I, yeah, I don't think you ordered anything. I think you probably sat down and she put, and she probably already. Yeah, she has in. decided what you're eating. He's, yeah. he's blowing bubbles in his chocolate milk. <laughs> so, Officer Wilson's kind of laughing at you going, all right, so see, see you are taking your notes there. Uh, have you... Have you thought about doing a stakeout? <laughs> at that point, Jack just Ma- kind of glares at him. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, go, like, is blowing bubbles of milk, stops. Like, literally stops dead and says, No. Well, you know, that's what we do when we're stumped on a case, is we like to do a stakeout and watch the, and case the joint. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and Officer Wilson's just laughing at himself. He thinks he's the funniest dude around. He, I kind of picture him as, a, as an overweight Barney Fife type. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be a real good way to describe <laughs> him. So Mikey starts drinking his milk, and he goes, I've got a curfew anyway. Oh, well, too bad. Closes his notebook, puts it in the side of his bag, and just starts to, to eat his food. And, like, he's staring off into the distance while taking bites. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jack is like, oh, no. <laughs> Wilson, you idiot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you fool. You foolish fool. Mom, did you get me any more Jolt Cola? No, drink your milk. That stuff's bad for you. The milk or the Jolt Cola? <laughs> it's the 90s, just the Jolt. <laughs> Fair enough. 
So, uh, yeah, I guess I could eat the rest of my burger. Yeah, and, and Jack's going to do the same. He's There's nobody here he wants to talk to, so he's going to enjoy his cheeseburger, and he's he is actually going to have a cola because he's 17. That's right. Screw you, you Mikey. Can. Uh, you don't yeah. want to hang out with the librarian? <laughs> Not really. And he's going to make eye contact while he drinks a soda with Mikey. <laughs> can, can I roll for some pie? <laughs> <laughs> roll for pie. Sure. Roll, uh, let's say... Uh, uh, 3.14. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Sure, let's roll charm. See if you got an extra slice of pie. Okay, uh, D6. Oh, six. Yeah, difficulty was a one, so you're there. Yeah. <laughs> pie. Um, so, yeah, Mikey eats his pie. <laughs> but what kind of pie? That's the question. Um, I'm fond of the Hershey's Oreo pie. Like, I really like those ones. The cream-filled <laughs> pies. Yeah, they're my it's, favorite. it's the whole reason he came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, yeah. Chocolate milk, burgers. Pie, what now? Uh, at this point, I think Jack is getting impatient to go home, lock himself in his room, and listen to Metallica. <laughs> I respect that about Jack. <laughs> Mikey, seems like you got... <laughs> uh, uh, Mikey's got uh, Mikey would normally go over and talk to the librarian, but she's on a date and, like... Mikey's he understands. vaguely aware. He, he understands romantic talents. He's, like, he's at that point where he knows girls exist as a different thing but he doesn't he, he's not interested in them at that point but he does know that she's on a date and they're kind of like sharing each other's fries and stuff like that and he doesn't want to be like bump in and be like hey tell me about this that's going on <laughs> or he just realizes that jack might smack him at the back of the head if he also, tries it's his mom's job he doesn't yeah. want to get her into trouble got any new books <laughs> like yeah all right so, got any books on uh alien invasion yeah so jack is uh, it is once He's finished, and Mikey's finished. He's going to hop off of the march. Come on, Mikey. Let's go home. Okay. All right. You can watch. I think X-Files might be on tonight. Oh, it is. It is. Every Wednesday. Uh And yeah, he's going to, you know, kind of hustle Mikey out of there because he really wants to be relieved of his direct babysitting duties. (laughs) Mikey doesn't say anything. It's totally peaceful. All about going home. Maybe yawns, stretches out a bit. Like... (laughs) Peddling furiously to get home by by eight o'clock in time to watch X Files. Yeah, all right, I respect that. <laughs> all right, so yeah, so you get home, nothing happens, and uh, so a- am I. Am I correct in inferring this, Andrew? Your eyes kind of lit up when uh, when he mentioned that. So yeah, Mikey's mm. uh, Mikey's totally trying to BS his old brother into thinking that he's done for the night. <laughs> like, like he's like, so he sits down, turns the TV on, and starts looking through his notes of his big file that he's got with all the clippings and everything in it, mm-hmm. looking for anything suspicious. He uh, walks into the kitchen, grabs the the four pack left to Jolt Cola, comes over, puts it down, drinks one, slips three into his bag, like like mm-hmm. like maybe grabs some of the off brand <clears throat> Twinkies, Twonkies, or whatever they would have been called, <laughs> um, Twankies. Twankies. <laughs> <laughs> they have a banjo on the box. <laughs> Twankies, the Southern delight. Um, We're in Michigan. Yeah, which is why they're so off. They're so off brand. They're like the leftovers. Am I correct in inferring I should be potentially rolling uh, a uh, perception at some point or a brains check at some point? Well, I will will roll off against Maybe not right now since he's just quietly stuffing things away. I was going to say, well, you can or Andrew, you can just narrate the fact that you're like, I'm trying to do it, but I'm really bad at it. We can just hand wave (laughs) and say that, yeah, like Chad totally knows something's off. He's probably a bit paranoid about his little brother. He has to watch him. He knows that he's a he, he's a weep. He gets into fights. He's a brawler. Like he first thing he did when he got off the bike of the Massingtons, 
punched him in the in the bits. Like he like everything that he's done and everything that Mikey does, Mikey is the one that gets into trouble. Jack's the one who gets blamed for Mikey getting into trouble. Yeah. There's a surprise. So actually what Jack is going to do, if we're assuming narratively Jack notices all of this because yeah. it's the sort of thing Mikey would do. You're also sitting next to him in the in, in the, the diner, the, the, yes. The diner, so you're not deaf. Um, he's actually he's going to pretend he doesn't notice. Okay. He is, he's actually going to pretend he doesn't notice a thing, and he's going to go to his room, turn on Metallica, shut the door, go to his room. He's going to slip out the window <laughs> of his room, and he's going to go around... So does Mikey's does Mikey's room have a window? Yeah, we'll say probably. All so. right. We'll say probably all the rooms have. And he's he's just gonna he's as it's starting to get dark, he's gonna go back outside and he's gonna wait. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just gonna stand out of sight of the window and he's gonna wait. All right. So nine oh five, X Files is over. Uh, Metallica's still going. He does the whole "Oh, I'm tired. I'm going to bed" thing, <laughs> just which loud he never that he can hear. Which you. he never does. He's usually up to twelve o'clock. Like after <laughs> X Files, he'll do research on the freaking uh-huh. episode, find everything he knows, like, pull the encyclopedias out. Yeah, he does the whole "Oh, I'm feeling really tired tonight. Must have been all that cycling today." Like gets up and he says this out into the world, not like <laughs> yeah, because he knows he knows Jack's not there, so he's just like oh. Feeling awful tired. Like, gets up, goes to his bed, slams his bedroom door a little bit louder than any normally per, normal person would. Conspicuously loud. <laughs> Slam. Good night. <laughs> Does the, what was it, from the Waltons? Yeah. Good night, Jack. Good night, Jack, boy. <laughs> um, so, like, does, it, does that over, like, puts it down, maybe turns on some music in the background so you don't hear him opening the window. I'm kind of curious as to what kind of music Jack, or uh, Mikey, rather, listens to. I think it's your old, like, throw-off throw albums, maybe pinches. Like, he's been given some, like, old music from from his parents but he's like he'll walk it's like a mix of like ozzy osbourne and jefferson airplane (laughs) okay mgk 94.2 magic like like he goes and he pinches like your old records and stuff like that so you'll be looking for a record one time and you're like why is this empty where's my queen album it's like like mikey's got it in his room he's like like so that's playing my motley crew (laughs) um so Mikey's going to attempt to sneak out the window. Right. And Jack is going to wait till Mikey's like halfway out the window. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, you a- are you are a freaking ninja, man. <laughs> like Mikey just like glides out like a freaking ghost. Well, this Nobody's would be this would be prepared. Him. This would be a prepared action. <laughs> so I mean it could it is and we could roll off if you want to, but you're sneaking out. He's specifically going, I'm looking at that window. He's left, he's left his trench coat because his trench coat's like the, that blonde that's really like, he's wearing his black hoodie. It probably ha- it probably was one of your old Motley Crue hoodies. So he's got like, it's got big white or yellow lettering of Motley Crue written on it. And like, it's, but it's black. on the back, yeah. But, yeah see, I picture like Jack He's is turned leaning, it inside out. Jack is leaning against the wall of the house just to the right of the window, just out of sight. So yes, yeah, so I'm willing to hand wave all of this if you guys are. So he, he sneaks down. And he goes like he's down. He's down in the ground, and he like he hit, you know you hit the ground, and there's kind of that that dull thud, <laughs> and he's just like does the grit the teeth the inhale listening no noise and no then reaches noise. over and grabs your backpack <laughs> yeah and then and, a hand comes down and grabs you so Mikey Mikey's gonna Mikey's gonna look up I'm just going for a midnight brisk walk to take in the sunset 
<laughs> it's not... like his, his lie slowly gets more unbelievable as he sings it. I just it his voice cracks. <laughs> smooth move, Einstein, but uh no. Okay, this is when his brains kicks in. He just turns around and he goes, Listen, you're in on this too. You want the you want the prize as much as I do. Think about it. What's the best way to catch the person if we catch them in the act? To not take you with me? We, you can't take... I've got my camera. I've got my flashlight. We've got, we've got everything that we need. I'm better at this stuff. I've been watching the whole village for the longest time. I know who... I know everyone in this town. I've got notes. I'll sit back and watch. You can catch them red-handed. <laughs> Your evidence that you're better at this than me is sneaking out of your bedroom window? That you just got caught at? <laughs> You're bad cop. He's good cop. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a better investigator than you are. You may be better at breaking out, but I am better observing. <laughs> it's what I do. Look at it. And he pulls out his he pulls out his notebook and he goes, I've got I've got thirty pages filled with nothing but notes in this about different people in this town. You can't tell me that you don't you don't see that I know what I'm doing. Oh, I can absolutely tell you that. There's no way you're going to go back to bed unless we cycle down there, are you? Probably not. <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of mumbled cursing. He's going to just like, think of what we're going to get out of finding who does this. There's mumbled cursing and a lot of angry bike uh, readying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's a little little shaking of Mikey around by his backpack. So Fine. <laughs> Mikey uh, gets We've on his got bike. to be back before mom gets home from the diner. Mom typically gets home from the diner around 2 p.m. after cleanup. <laughs> 2 p.m.? Uh, 2 a.m., sorry. <laughs> 2 a.m. Mikey doesn't cleanup. know time now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 2 a.m. after cleanup is when she usually comes in. I know because I hear her. This is when she shows me to go to bed every single night. Because she will skin me alive if you're gone, and I will skin you alive. It'll be good, I promise, I promise. You ever heard of a swirly? <laughs> yes, I've heard of a swirly. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen. <sighs> Fine, let's go. Get your bike. So, Mikey gets on his bike. All right. Small right, town, right, right, right. 10 o'clock. You know, They've rolled middle up the summer, Pretty much, yeah. Like, like the, the traffic light in the middle of town has just gone to flashing yellow. <laughs> There's nothing going on here. So is there is there a store that's empty across the street from Mitzi's? Or... Oh, I'm sure 100%. Because like I said, Mit- Mitzi's is one of the last stores on that strip that's still surviving. Mm-hmm. So I'm 100% either the one directly across or slightly to the side or something. There's absolutely going to be a place. That's... Like, that's where he's leading them too that's really jack too he's, oh, he's so now we're moving to breaking and entering ourselves yeah. is that was that what you're trying to tell me look we're it's an empty store it's the, we're not hurting anyone at this point the town's pretty much vacated he doesn't see this as hurting anyone because literally nobody cares to to do anything about it think about it people broke into the salon we're not breaking into that store mikey well we're not breaking into it we're going on top of it we're going to use the fire escape to go send on top of the store no okay that's acceptable yeah, jack yes that works. okay told you mikey's good at this so, <laughs> Except you probably can't reach the fire escape. <laughs> no, yeah, the... you're going to need a boost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of picture Jack laughing at him as he jumps, as, as Mikey kind of jumps and tries to reach it. And he goes, well, Jack. <laughs> All right, so uh, so yeah, you go across, you find the place. Yeah, you can you can shimmy up the, the roof, but make a brawn check. It, it's a really easy one because you're basically, a, as you get bigger and your brawn score goes up, you have to pull more weight, so... Great. And uh, teenagers, My... is it in all instances teenagers get a plus one to brawn and uh, flight? 
You know, I'm honestly not sure, but... I'm trying to remember. I I don't remember if it's in all instances I get a straight plus one or if it's in specific instances. So if you roll your highest number on a die, is that when this explodes? Uh, Real quick, Chad. Yes, you are correct. They always add a plus one to their fight and their brawn checks. Okay. And Andrew, I'm sorry, say again. If you roll the highest number on a die, it explodes. Correct. Okay. Which actually, I should have exploded that D8 earlier, but I forgot. But yeah, yeah, you'd already won. Yeah, uh, yeah. Explodes again. Nice. Do I just keep rolling? Keep going, man. Yeah. You get if you get a thirty-five on a D four. You... I got nine on a D four. Nice. You are a little spider monkey. <laughs> uh, I got an eight on a D twelve. So well, perfect. a nine because I got my plus one. So yeah, so perfect because the DC was going to say like a four. It, it's not challenging for you to get up there. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, little bro, surprisingly got moves. Man. Yeah, Jack. Like, what the heck? <laughs> Man, if you tell him that there's a mystery amount everything, you can probably get that kid to mow the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack's like, hmm. <laughs> so, he's got his binocular. He's not got binoculars. He's got his camera, but he's got a flashlight. He's not going to turn the flashlight on because he doesn't want to see anything, but he's like looking down the street. He's got his Polaroid out. He's got his notepad out, and he's got the three cans left of Joe Cola. And he takes one, pops the top, and hands it to... Hands it to Jack and says, here, you're going to need your energy. Mm-hmm. And this one's got extra sugar and extra caffeine. Jack just plops down next to the, uh, next to an air, like as a, you know, like an air conditioning unit or vent or something, whatever's on the top of the building. And, and like, it's like, it's too dark. He, you know, <laughs> this is the pre-cell phone era. So all, all right. you can do is functionally sit in the dark. Pretty much. Just pull on your headphones, listen to the Discman. Yep, pretty much. That's just, all you got. Just just enough so you can kind of see over the edge, but honestly, he doesn't expect anything, so he's going to let Mikey do it. Sounds good. Yeah, just let him tire himself out, man. Uh, all right, so, yeah, so Mikey's just actively staring at that that storefront for a good 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's bored. Before it gets as boring as an actual real life stakeout gets. And it turns out, Oh yeah, I'm just watching an empty store. <laughs> so he's fiddling with his notes, then starts to put them back in order. At least on the, on the police procedurals, they had like a box of pizza in the car, you know? Right. And, and the two of them were sitting there having an actual conversation. Jack's not talking to you. <laughs> no, Jack is, is Jack has his discman on or what have you is knockoff discman, you know? <laughs> and he is uh, a daskman. <laughs> sure. And he is just ignoring, ignoring you because he doesn't want to be out here. But he knows it's just going to be harder if he didn't let you come and tire yourself out. Mm-hmm. So he's anticipating having to carry you and your bike back home. So, yeah. So you, you're sitting there and you're kind of, like you say, you're looking through your notes. You are you maybe have one of your random paperbacks of research that you're flipping through or a comic or something. And you're just twiddling your thumbs, in effect, until about 1130 at night when suddenly boom, a light flashes on inside Mitzi's hardware in the back. Mm. Now, do do Mitzi and her partner actually live in the store, like above it or anything, or do they live somewhere else? As far as we know, when they come into the store, right? They live somewhere. Okay, else. so it's, it's not like they're just coming down to the store for some reason. Well, no. I would have seen Mitzi leave. They would, I would have watched them leave. Yeah, probably so because I yeah. think they said they leave at about nine thirty or ten o'clock. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, this is a good hour and a half after that, and they do live nearby, mm-hmm. you know, within walking distance, but not like above the store. Or no, anything. no, this is like their parents owned a house back in the 40s that was also built during the post-war boom and they gave it to Mitzi once yeah so now that's where that's where Mitzi and her partner so there's no chance as far as we know there's no chance it's them right unless one of them has come back to go through the back door Mm -hmm. and you totally miss them returning yeah not likely so 
I know I said Mikey was going to wait. Uh-huh. Mikey's not going to wait. Mikey has all the impulse control of a 12-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Funny how that works. Mikey turns up and he goes, I'm going to go pee. And he goes to like walk over towards the... <laughs> and Jack and Jack has his disc went on. He doesn't actually hear him say that. But he sees Mikey heading for the, uh, for the fire escape. Right. And his initial instinct is, uh-uh. And he tries, his first instinct is to grab him. So he's actually going to try and grab Mikey before he can get away to see what he's doing. Mikey, you going to let him grab you? No, yeah. Mikey's not going to let you grab him. Uh oh. Uh, Mikey is in the in the investigative zone. <laughs> the <laughs> zone. Uh, so I'm going to guess uh, there, Davey. That's an opposed check or yeah, a combat functionally. It's definitely an opposed, and you're not trying to hurt him or do yeah. anything like that. So I'm going to say this oh, is maybe a, I am. Uh, okay, are you <laughs> no, trying, to, not trying, to, trying to give your brother noogies? Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say this is flight versus flight. Oh, yeah. And now an, an advantage that Andrew has, and I forgot to mention, but is important for the rules review, is children get a plus one to all charm and flight checks. Yeah. Yeah. Jack has a grand total of a D4 in flight. Oof. Uh, well, <laughs> it can always explode. Andrew just got a nine on a D4. Uh, that's true. All right. Because I think. So Mikey, I'm rolling my flight. You're rolling your flight. Flight versus flight. Oh, and I then, get my plus one. I roll a D10. You and the horse you rode in on. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, excuse me. You and the bike you rode in on. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, it's running away. On the table, please. And I have returned. I mean, you probably don't have to cheat by pretending you threw it on the floor. I mean, you know. Until you get another roll. Yeah. I'm going to wait till you roll first. Like it's going to matter. I have a three. I got a uh, three out of four. I got, I got a four, but I have a plus one. So I'm at a five. There is oh. no way you could catch so me, brother I, man. Yeah, with it being that close, I'm guessing like I just barely miss him. Like you brush the hood of that hoodie. Yeah, yes. just just miss him by just a bit. And he does the whole grab the the railing as he slides down and does the slide down with his shoes. <laughs> he is like Mikey's on the case. Oh god. And and Jack doesn't want to yell because they're on a rooftop in the middle of the night. Right. So Mikey's Mikey. already made plenty of noise by clattering down that room. <laughs> Mikey, I'm gonna you and he he takes off after him. There's pretty much no way he can catch him, but he takes off after him. No, he has the speed of a demented twelve year old. <laughs> on Joel Cola. Yeah. Hopped up on sugar and investigation. <laughs> so what is it so Andrew, what is Mikey's plan? So there, there are two entrances to this building functionally. There's the front door, and then there's the back door. And you can see the front door. That's what you've been casing out. He's gonna, it's, it's the back where the eating happens. He's going to try and sneak through the back. Okay. So you dash down the side of the alleyway and around to the He's corner. He's doing the whole up against the building thing, like the like a, like a spy would. So he's been like, he's like peering around in corners, shooting down the corners, like getting getting into position to get through that back door. Which his brother had attached some pretty heavy locks to. Yeah, I imagine mm-hmm. he's humming like the Batman theme <laughs> or the theme from one of the police, the cop shows yeah, under like his Mission breath. Impossible, or Peter Gunn, or perfect, something. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, to the back door. All right. So yeah, you you side hustle up to the back door. The back door is just standing wide open, and the lights are clearly on in this back room. Mikey's gonna. He takes out his flashlight. Not. Not just as a, a, a flashlight, but he's kind of bracing it like a weapon. It's one of those long, old ones. Mm-hmm. Probably from his like, it's probably his dad's flashlight he used for working on a car. If that the power went off or anything <laughs> like that, like he's got it there and he's like, he turns it on and he's walking in. And behind him are the heavy footsteps of a teenager who's trying to hurry quietly. <laughs> so yeah, so you see Mikey 
turn the Mikey. corner of the doorway like, right as you, you know dash that, across. That whisper shout? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mikey! <laughs> so yeah, Mikey, you turn around and you may not remember in all the excitement, the back wall was where they were riding. Yeah. So when you burst in the door, that's where the riding had been. Yeah. Uh-oh. And so you burst in just in time to see a small, two-foot-tall person with knobbly, wrinkly skin turn and look at you and go, <laughs> and drop the piece of charcoal they're holding. <laughs> Mikey goes, ah! <laughs> and drops the flashlight. <laughs> Jack, you hear a scream and see a clattered flashlight. Oh, God. At that point, Jack is full charge. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. No, you know, it's, what it's, else it's can you do? Yeah. Yeah, what else can you do? So, yeah, Jack is going to come barreling in. Oh boy, this is gonna be. I, I, you know, I, yeah, he, Mike, he's gonna grab the like grab the door for him, swing himself around. I guess Mikey's gonna try and lunge up. You do, and it immediately goes and charges into the front of the building. Oh no! So. All right, so you, are you going to try and you're going to try and tackle? I'm going to try to tackle him. She's trying to grab hold of him, not like aggressive, like crazy violently. How do you, but how do you unaggressively tackle someone? You kind of do it like a hug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to roll your, uh, we're going to roll your fight, and yep. we're going to roll this is flight. So now to to step out of the game and talk out of character, every kids on bikes has uh, game has the idea of the powered character. Yeah. And that is a character, I, I honestly don't remember if we mentioned this last week, but just to go ahead and, and refresh, even if we have, is like all of these uh, these storylines have, you're going to have uh, Eleven from Stranger Things or Sloth from the Goonies or uh, E.T. or any of that stuff. You're going to have a character that has weird abilities that the other group does, the other people in the group don't. Mm-hmm. And in order to keep that uh, functionally fair, what happens is that becomes an NPC that the players as a group get to control. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, it, it is made as a basically made like a regular character, but just with a few additions. Now, one thing that happens is you have your six attributes for the player char- for the the powered character. The GM defines their strongest attribute and their weakest attribute, and then the narrative that the players dictate shapes the rest of them. So, right now, I only know his D twenty. Bad news for you, it's in flight. Because oh. he's tall, he's tiny and fast. So would I be right rolling my fight against this flight? Yes. So he's got a D twenty in flight. Correct. Oh, oh wow! I will get my next highest ones in, in fight. So I'm a D twelve in fight. Well, that being the case, can I assist by essentially? I guess we're chasing him around the store. Uh, well, at, I'm going to say no right now, not for this particular action, because gotcha. this is a surprise action. And I haven't quite got there yet. Right. Once he, if, if he gets away and he gets into the store and the two of you start shouting suggestions at each other doing that, I'm going to say that probably becomes a planned action, and then you can absolutely. Gotcha. Have. So let's go ahead and roll. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got a 19. Here's hoping I explode. I do not explode. <laughs> okay. You do not explode, but this thing does. It just blasts into the front room. My hopes for grabbing him explode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, so, Jack, as you round the corner, what you see is Mikey fling himself forward, and then it, it moves so fast, you're like, did he just try and tackle a possum? <laughs> like, there's something small and brown, and you're not sure what, but he just lunged at whatever this thing was. 
<laughs> Mikey, what the hell is going on? It's here. It's here. It's drawn on the wall. It's here. And it's, it's, it's here. Okay. It's in the front of the store. We need to create a is this thing making black noise? situation. You can hear clattering in there as it's like careening off of shelves or doing something. And yes, on the wall, you can see it's C <laughs> written in charcoal. What the... <laughs> Close well, the we door. can't let it wreck the store. Close the door. <laughs> Fair idea. So yeah, Mike will try and slam the or Mike. Dang it. Jack will will reach back and slam the door and try and throw the bolt okay. behind them. Yeah. So yeah, you can do that handily. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. He's gonna kick the door shut, slam the bolt, and then I guess go after whatever this is because he doesn't want it to wreck the uh, to wreck Mitzi's store. All right. So, yeah, like I said, if you, the two of you are going to dash in there and instantly start trying to catch whatever this thing is. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, we can, we can make this, it's still going to be its flight because it's just running around furiously trying to escape from you. But this is going to be a planned action, so you can absolutely aid another. Okay. Okay. So you charge into the, the main room. Uh, in grand 80s movie tradition, this is the scene where they show off the creature, but mm. they save on special effects. <laughs> so what you're seeing is you're seeing it run down shelves, and you're seeing things kind of flying apart, but you're not seeing the creature itself. You're just seeing the, the effects of it running down gotcha. there. All right. So Jack still doesn't necessarily know what he's chasing. but uh, So this thing is trying is basically weaving amongst all the shelves in the store, look, like looking for a way out, potentially. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's running through it. It is not making directly for the front door, but that's that's probably going to eventually be an, yeah. an objective. But yeah, it's just running down the shelves, just like I said, knocking off ramen and, and screw packs and things like that as it's going down. All right, so what Jack is going to do is he's going to try and figure out where it's going as it, as it cuts across the shelf, and he's going to essentially charge and put his shoulder into the end of one of the shelves that's not bolted to the floor and try and shift the whole row down to block it off. Okay, so you're going to do the, the whole, like, uh, ancient temple slam the wall shut there on you this go. thing. And see if I can either corral it or redirect it or pin it or something. Okay, so what you see, like I said, you can see the, the trail of destruction as this thing's blasting through a place, so you know exactly what aisle it's going down, so that's not a problem. So how right. can I assist in this? Okay, well, since the two of you have have stopped, have locked this, the the back door, have run through here. Like I said, this is going to be, I'm going to say this is a planned action. Mm-hmm. So you actually do have the option to aid another. The way that a player can aid another in these is if you want to, you can spend your adversity tokens to help him out and give him a plus one on his roll. Well, I have one adversity token. How would I spend it? Great. Um, so what you need to do is you need to define the way that, Mike, that Mikey would be able to help out Jack with doing this. Brains. Easy. Like you were talking about doing it, he'll guide you to which row is the best one to hit. To point out a good one to, just to, to hit. Point say, Jack, hit that one. Yeah. All right. All right. So do you... Now, one thing. Does Mikey have any sort of uh, strengths or anything that might... Some of the strengths will allow you to increase the value of your adversity token. If you're aiding, that will still add your bonus to his action. Well, he's got heroic or prepared. That's his two strengths. So What's, prepared would be... Might be the closer to the two because... I don't know about prepared because you're not really prepared for this. What does heroic do? Um, one second. It would appear that the heroic doesn't really help in this situation anyway. Um, I don't okay. Care. So I mean, you still give him a plus one, so yeah. you can absolutely still do it. So all right, give brains, me that adversity token, man. His brains <laughs> and uh, your brawn. <laughs> Literally, because we're going to roll brawn. <laughs> ah, well, actually, that's another good point since since we're talking about this. So this is going to be a resisted check. Okay. 
and it's going to be your brawn to knock into this shelf. So this thing is not... I mean, it's moving quickly, but it's not trying to dodge. I mean, it can't dodge a wall <laughs> functionally, so I'm going to say this is not really a flight check so much. I'm going to say this is a grip check okay. for, for this thing because it, it's going to try and resist the physical action that you're performing. All right. Now, like I mentioned earlier, I get to determine its highest and its lowest attributes. Uh, so, spoiler, being a two-foot-tall creature, its brawn is its lowest. <laughs> so, And its flight was its highest. So that means its grit... You, you guys can get together. I know you don't know really what's going on with this thing just yet, but you can kind of help determine what's the value that you think it might have. So like I said, you've seen, you, Mikey has seen it clearly. It's a small, two-foot-tall, like, gnarled little man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can say either, like, I kind of want it to have a low grid, or you know what, it'd be kind of weird for it to have a really high one. And if you do that, then will come up with a, a story-driven reason why it has such an absurdly high grit. Or you'd be like, ah, eh, no, it's too big tall. It's got a couple of It took off after it saw a kid break into it. Like, so grit is the ability to... It's like, physical re- and mental resilience. Resilience. Yeah. Now, it did break into town to do something, so I wouldn't say it would be terribly low. Maybe... D8, say? D6 D8? or D8. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. comfortable with that being it. Because it, it saw me and then took off. Like, yeah, it, they, they can't be, like, particularly... That's it didn't a, try and scare me or intimidate me. It just took off. Yeah, that's a great that's a great determination about its grit level. So, Chad, what do you say? D? Yeah, and it, well, and it's tiny. So, unless it's supernaturally tough, which is possible, its physical resilience may not be that large either. Yeah. So, I'd say probably middle of the road. Call it a D eight. All right. Well, let's. I will mark on its character sheet that this is a D eight, and I will roll that to resist your brawn plus one. Let's see what happens here. Probably pretty good. Uh, well, given that I got a 12 on my brawn before my bonus, so it <laughs> technically explodes. So, I mean, feel free to explode, but he got a three. <laughs> yeah, but I want to see how, <laughs> how, how well I did. You knock it over, the whole store collapses. No. <laughs> uh, that'd be another six, so that's uh, eight, 19. Nine. You got a total of 19, he got a three. <laughs> so, you beat him by 16. <laughs> so, normally this says that the player gets to dictate everything. I will offer you a suggestion of you hit this wall so hard that a boxed weed eater falls over and lands on top of this thing, effectively pinning it to the ground. Sounds like a plan. Mm -hmm. Just hear a yelp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, don't get too close. Mikey uh, picks up one of the... It's like a pole for a shovel, but not the shovel end. So he takes (laughs) it over and he's got it like ready to like... Hit yeah. it or punch it with it, whatever it needs to. Yeah, same thing. Jack has like grabbed a hammer or something off the shelf or pitchfork, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just because what the heck is this thing? Some object that's good against possums, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that's what a trash can. <laughs> so I guess I'll walk around the other end of the the bootcase. So we've got the either you're, you're heading it off at the pass. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh, Jack's going to gesture. Mike, just you know. Have him stay, you know, a little bit back. Mikey picks it up above his head, like a like. <laughs> Partially because he's afraid he's going to get hit with the handle shovel when Mikey swings wildly. It's nothing. a valid concern. <laughs> That's why absolutely what's going to happen if Mikey fails anyway. I got no doubt. And yeah, he's going to, in true movie fashion, like horror movie, he's going to you're going to see the hand slowly reach for the for the box that this thing's kind of struggling under and kind of lift it up. All right. So as you lift it up, now you finally get to see this thing. And like I said, it's a small, two foot, gnarled little man wearing. Kind of like burlap handmade clothes, and uh, 
you know, you know those those stereotypical painter hats, the kind of floppy to one yeah. side sort of thing, like a brown rust version of that one. And its its eyes are kind of like half focused as it's it's been clearly dazed by this giant box falling <laughs> on top of it. Gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you research some old world phrases? No, that was the only thing I could think of. Uh, <laughs> old world. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're not that much younger than those. No, I know, but... What is this thing? It looks like a go- It looks like a gnome or a goblin or... Are you a leprechaun? It's a gremlin. That and, movie didn't come out that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it kind of shakes its head a little bit and looks at the two of you and goes... It's coming. It's coming. What's it? And who? What? Why is it who? coming? The Matago. So. Uh, what? <laughs> this is like, this is everything that Mikey has ever wanted ever. <laughs> and he's like, what? who Who are you? <laughs> I am the Lutine. It is the Matago. It is coming. It will kill you. And that's where we're going to end off. Uh. There we have another episode from Fortunes Untold. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for games we should play, please feel free to email us at fortunesuntoldpodcast at gmail.com or comment on the Fortunes Untold Facebook or Twitter. If you want to listen to some more Fortunes Untold episodes, please subscribe to us on Google Play or iTunes, and of course, at our home on the Nerds on Earth website. Thank you for listening, and roll on.